You're listening to Biz Quick. This is where Julie and Corey provide quick and useful information to small business owners. Biz Quick is the podcast where small business owners get to showcase their businesses and receive expert advice and guidance in areas many entrepreneurs struggle with. And you, the listener, get solutions, tips, and tricks on real-world topics that many small business owners face. Julie and Corey are the experts small businesses hire when they need solutions. And the BizQuick podcast is just one way they deliver those solutions. Let's start the show. Hello and welcome to BizQuick. I'm Corey. I'm Julie. And on today's show, we have David Breyer. He is the chief gravity defier at DBD International. He's out of Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and he is a branding and design expert. And we are excited to have him on the show because, from what I understand, he has a very um, sharp tongue, let's say. I would say if ever there was a need to put a disclaimer or an explicit content warning on the front of our podcast, this is going to be the one. David is a wild card. So um, you'll pair very nicely with him, Corey, because you've got very, very thick skin. Um, I find him to be hysterical, but... um, He's born and raised in uh, Brooklyn, New York, and he actually moved to um, Eau Claire, Wisconsin for love. So I think that's really the only thing that proves he actually does have a heart is that him and his wife have been together pretty much forever. Um, He's got a great book out that is called Brand Intervention. Um, It is a very good book, and the foreword of it was written by Damon John, the CEO of FUBU and the um he you know him probably from shark tank yes yes i do Um, yeah didn't recognize the name until you told me he was from shark tank i was like oh yeah i know that guy yeah you know that guy yeah but i'm excited to have him on to talk about branding um and you know i guess just branding in general uh because it's always it's fun to get a different perspective from different people because we've we've had numerous calls with numerous people about branding and their approach to understanding it and we've been trying to um you know find some good branding partners in general Mm -hmm. and and it's there's a style to it and that style not only like visibly has to fit when you're working with a branding person but like personally it needs to fit as well like if I, i feel like with most people but i mean you can not get along with your accountant they can still do a good job but like i feel like your branding person you need to you need to kind of be simpatico with in order to be successful at it, right? Yeah, it needs to click because they got to really get your personality and kind of dig in in order to really help you uh, differentiate yourself, which is a big part of branding. So it'll be interesting to learn from him. He's, again, he's a firecracker. So this will be, I'm expecting it to be a fun and lively conversation. Um, I, you know, when we think about our brand, like, what do you, I'm sure it'll come up. Maybe it won't, but what, let's talk about our brand before we bring them on. Like, what do you, what do you think about our brand? SB Pace. I'm well aware of that. Um, (laughs) I mean, from a, I think we've got a great brand in the sense that our personality for the most part comes through in everything that we do. We, uh, we're serious when we need to be serious. We're funny when we need to be funny, uh, very personable for sure. Um, I, I don't know. It's kind of hard to like, it, it's like uh, trying to like, in my, like you can't like get opinion on what the outside looks like, like your own form, your own opinion. Cause you're on the inside, you know? And so like, yeah, what, like I, I think that we could probably do better about like just putting our personality out there because we could write down our list of credentials all day long and, and, this, that, and the other, but it, what's really selling us is, is us. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't know if we do a good job or not at that. Um, I mean, when it comes to like, like colors and designs and all that, that is not my, my strong suit. You don't see color. So, um, (laughs) yeah, so I have no idea, um, in regards to that, but I think from, from that perspective, I think like our brand has a personality. What do you think differentiates us from our competitors? Um... I would say, that, like, I mean, extremely customized approach, for mm-hmm. one. Um, and that we, you know, it, it's the, uh, the a core value of we just holding ourselves accountable and, and not uh, holding our clients, account, you know, to the same accountability and then not selling stuff that people don't need. Like, we understand that what it is to be a small business and we 
don't want to push stuff on people that they don't need. Yeah, I, I like that. I also think what differentiates us is that we've got a really, really strong network of partners that we can pull from to offer full service solutions to small business owners that I think maybe they didn't even realize were, were an option for them, right? So, but there are probably some big houses that do that, but I, I don't think people can do it as um, customized and as affordable as we can do it. Well, and that affordability is definitely a big part of it because it's just the two of us. And, you know, occasionally we bring in people from outside of our network, but everybody who we work with also knows that we're working with small business owners and that it's not, you're not trying to get that one big sale and then, you know, call it a day. It's that you're building a, a, a relationship. So, yeah. you know, as you're working, like for us, we're working with, uh, SEO. We're working with people who do our, our ads and that type of stuff. Like we're not getting charged an arm and a leg, but we're loyal customers, and we're also happy to you know work with them and, and and refer people to them as well. So the idea is that while they're helping us, we're we're helping them, and, and it's not that we're expecting. We're not saying, hey, give us a cheaper price, and we'll refer you customers. It's just that's how they work, and that's who we get along with because we're the same way. We're, right. And I think one of the things that we do that's probably pretty rare is that we are partners. So if we're working with somebody who's launching a new business and we have to bring in partners for parts of it, right, for the copy or for the branding and the logo, web design, whatever it is, we don't mark up what our what our partners charge. We're not making any money. We're not, we're not looking to profit off of somebody else's work. We're looking to help our partners and the people in our network get their names out there and get more clients themselves. So if they do good work, they're free to go work with with whoever our clients are when we're done. And I, I think that's probably a rarity in that we're not we're, we don't ever ask for anything from that. And I'm guessing there are some people who would look at us like we're kind of dumb for doing it that way. But that just fits really well with who we are as people fundamentally. Yeah, like it was it was a foreign uh, kind of a foreign concept to me when uh, months ago we were, you, we were talking about something and, and people refer to us and we refer to them and, and somebody made the comment about paying or sending a gift or whatever, like, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, wait, you're, we're supposed to like pay people for this stuff and we're expect, we should expect people to pay us. And, and you're like, oh yeah, that's how the world is. And I'm like, that's way beyond me. Like I'm, I'm the type of person that's just a connector. Like, and yeah. if you need, if you need something and I know somebody that has it, I'll yeah. connect the two of you. I don't care. Well, I can remember we were working with somebody a while ago who actually wanted to charge people to have access to his network. Yeah. And we were both like, uh, that's not a good idea. And I know that, you know, um, Callie Keen has referred, you know, a number of people to us. And so we did send Callie a really nice gift. He didn't expect it. Um, but we wanted him to know that we really appreciate him. And so we did that. That was not there was no expectation on his part for, for doing it. In fact, he never even sent us a thank you card for that Cali. <laughs> Just kidding. We didn't expect one. He did say thank you though. <laughs> um, we should probably wrap up and bring David in though. I'm excited for this conversation and uh, ladies and gentlemen, earmuffs for the kids and buckle up. Hey everyone. If you're like most entrepreneurs out there, time is not something you ever seem to have enough of. We get it. There are a million things that need your attention, both in business and in your personal life. That's why we created Time Bomb. This is a self-paced course designed to help you determine what your time is worth and where you should be spending those precious hours every day. Right now, we have an option to buy the bundle, which also includes products designed to help you become more efficient with your time. It's a $70 deal you're getting for only an additional $30. Head on over to sbpace.com to learn more. Time Bomb, take control of your calendar, gain control of your life. All right, welcome back to the show. We're already laughing over here. We've got David Breyer. David, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you. And we're going to start out with this question for you. Question number four. I hope that, I hope that it's question number four because that's my favorite. It is question number four. What makes an entrepreneur successful? A lack of dependency on other shit. And let me define what I mean by other shit. What I mean by, by other shit is like, in other words, like the stuff such as, oh, I have diplomas, therefore I'm going to be successful. Oh, I've got connections, therefore people are going to introduce me. Oh, I'm in the right location, therefore I'm going to have the right traffic. Oh, I've got the right, I've got the right uh, 
uh, Instagram follower, social media folks who are going to like get me tons of followers. Therefore, I'm going to like be famous. That's what I mean by other shit. It's like that dependency on other stuff is at the core of failure for entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurship is all about ownership, accountability, being all in and not overlooking our most resourceful and unlimited source of power, which is us. I love it. I love it. That's great. Yeah. I, I think that's, uh, I mean, I love that answer as well because it's, it's one of those things where when it comes to failing in business, most people love to point their fingers and blame other people or blame their circumstances or whatever it is. But in reality, I mean, there's obviously the exceptions to every rule, but in reality, the reason most businesses fail is because of the people running the business. Yeah. 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 And it's not, and it's not a, and it's not a a blame game. It's like, it's like, Hey, look, you know what? Yes, I did that. I made that choice. I made that hire or I chose to take on that client who I knew wasn't the right match for us, but because of this, that, or other, or maybe we didn't have enough, enough in the pipeline. So we lowered our standards and we took that on or whatever, you know, we, we make these, we make these short-sighted little uh, decisions and fail to look at what's that going to mean in a year, two, three, ten. Um, is that something I'm going to like be like, that was brilliantly amazing. I had the foresight or is it going to be that a more of a desperate move or something that was a bandaid when in fact, all it took was rolling up our sleeves a little more honestly and going, all right, a bandaid is not what's freaking going on here. We're talking about a bullet wound. We're talking about blood on the floor. We're talking about we need the paramedics. We don't need a freaking Band-Aid. <laughs> yes, real, real truths, right? Real truth. So listen, I've got like a ton of questions that I, I want to ask you. And um, you just, you're so fascinating to me. And I think it, this is where I want to start. Prior to being introduced to you at the, you know, Tony Watley's 365 Driven event in Montana, you know, I've, I, Corey and I know a, a, a lot of branding people, right? These branding experts, and I'm using air quotes for experts here. And I think until I met you, I didn't realize how many people are, that we know are average at branding yeah. because you know, you just stood out when, when you talk about it, I, it's, it's clear that this is like, you are an expert at branding. And I am just so curious about how it is that you came to just, you know, double down on everything related to branding and got so just fucking good at it. Well, the short answer is, no, I'll give you I'll give you the semi short answer. So one is is that I really, really, really give a shit, and and I do not respect anybody that says they give a shit when they're full of shit and they're just looking to to looking for a transaction or to close a deal or something like that. That's you know that's very self serving, uh, and that really does not have the best possible outcome for everyone in the room. And, I, and if you listen to the words I'm saying, it doesn't mean the best outcome for themselves. And I didn't just say just the best outcome for the, for the client. Bullshit. The best solution is going to make everyone win more. Everyone in that room. They weren't put there by some accident. They didn't fall into the room. They were there. Okay. I, I take people based on their actions, not what they say. And so, all right, you're here. You're here not by accident. So that with that comes accountability. I'm here. I put myself in this room. And either you have a problem that I can help you with, honestly, or you don't. If I and it, and it can be helped, well, then here's what needs to happen. And I make it very clear what is the responsibility on the part of my clients and what is what is the responsibility that I have so that we win. So that I get texts from clients that say, David, we just closed another $250,000 deal. And I'm like, damn, that feels good, right? (laughs) Or we just had our highest month in the history of our company. Damn, that feels good. That feels freaking awesome. I mean, I can't even tell you. It is emotional to me how awesome that feels. 
So that's the thing. It's that it's it's that really giving a shit, but that's coupled with an insatiable curiosity and a fascination with life. It's like what made my head turn when I walked into the room and made me go, that's the most amazing wall I've ever seen. Or that's the most amazing piece of music I ever heard. Or that's the most amazing billboard. I'm going to pull over on the side of the shoulder of the road because that's the most amazing billboard. And I have to stop and take a photograph of it with my freaking smartphone because someone was ingenious. Someone didn't treat that like a piece of shit that had to, that was just, oh, another day, another minute, another task to be written, checked off on their to-do list. That is bullshit. If your life consists of checking off to-do list items, your life sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I tell you that because, not because I'm mean, but because I don't want you to go another day with a life that sucks. Your life doesn't have to suck. Your life can actually be great. And you know what? Your life deserves to be great. Not because you're entitled, but because you can. You can make your life great. And I give a shit enough to say that and I give a shit enough. That's why, I mean, I can answer this in a very Bill, a Bill Gatesy, blase, boring way. You know, that would be, like, be, be horrible to live in existence with such, just such boring pieces of dribble that some of these guys come out with. I would rather light the fire under your ass so that you, at the end of this podcast, you go, holy shit, something happened there. I don't know what the hell it was, but damn it, I'm not looking at things the same way. I'm not feeling the things the same way. And I think I've just raised my standards a little bit. I'm no longer going to take something that, that I'm going to no longer treat the next moment as oh ordinary. And it's just inevitably going to be whatever it is. Bullshit. You're here. Be relevant. That's what gets me up. And that's what fires me up. I love it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Great answer. Uh, yeah. So the, I love that emotional attachment and it's, it's something that I think that we should all kind of strive to when it comes to business. Like, like you said, you should be proud of everything that you put out. I had this conversation with uh, a, a guy who worked for me years and years ago in, in restaurants, and uh, he was kind of like the sage in, in the restaurant, and he had all like the wisdom and everything. And we were talking, you know, a lot of our employees were uh, college students, and he was talking about how disappointed he was at how some of them would just kind of phone it in, or, or they didn't really care. And he said, I don't care that this is just a part-time job. I don't care that this isn't my career. He's like, that says something about you. If you don't even, if you can't even care to show up for this job to make a couple dollars to, you know, because for most of them, it's beer money, you know, it's paying for their cell phone, whatever it was. He's like, and you don't even care to do that. What does that say about you and, and the rest of your life? Hmm. 100%, 100%. I mean, it's like, it's like, look, you know, it's bullshit. You weren't here just to freaking breathe oxygen. Be relevant. Yeah. Come on, man. It's like if you're going to freaking, if you if your job is frying eggs in the morning, breakfast for people, make those the most freaking amazing eggs that those people ever freaking had. They're like, holy shit, I am so thankful I walked into this restaurant. You know, why the hell not? Man. Why the hell not? There's not a single person listening to this right now that could say, well, because... Bullshit. That would be my response. You start giving me an excuse, I will challenge you and I will tell you you're full of shit because I will not let you get off with just going half-assed in life I, and then expecting and expecting full rewards. Bullshit. doesn't work that way. Yeah, I love that. Don't expect full rewards for when you're doing half the work or you know, kind of phoning in it everywhere. Um, I, I have a question related to you know branding. So... I'm curious, a lot of, you know, for a lot of small business owners, um, their, their brand, hopefully I can articulate this in a way that makes sense. Their, their brand very, is very closely tied to them personally, right? We work a lot of ourselves into our brands. I think, I think, I think that's fairly normal, but there is such a, I mean, we've been experiencing it for the last 15 months. It's just, we're in cancel culture, right? So how do you, how do you express yourself in you know your advertising in social media that that's a represent represents your business and what you're trying to do without you know with that constant fear or pressure of you're going to be canceled because you've said the wrong thing even though 
it's truly where what you feel or or how you want to how you want to run your business. Yeah, yeah, it's a good question. I get it. So here's the so here's the thing. So look, I I have I have viewpoints that I'm sure would get me canceled. I also I and and I and I make it my business to um, pay attention to those things because I'm not interested in other people you know uh, giving me permission to either talk or not talk. But I also, with that being said, I also pick my battles. Like I'm saying things here that I am very passionate about. I am not compromising. I am not pulling, holding anything back. But I'm also not interested in introducing things that all of a sudden it now gets on some some um, idiot organization's radar for them to say, oh, we don't agree with them, da, 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 and then cancel out the 90% they don't give a shit about just because of the 5 or 10% that, they're, that, they don't, that they may not necessarily agree to. So, I'm, I'm, so there are certain things I don't, I don't discuss. I don't discuss politics. I don't discuss religion. I don't discuss certain things just because it's like, okay, those are the things that are hot topics. Those are the things that are like raw nerves. I'm like, okay, good. Raw nerves. Fine. I don't have to talk about those. You want to pull me aside? You want to have a private conversation with me? I'm glad to do it. No problem. But the thing is, but I'm just, I'm accountable for the fact that I'm not interested in, I have too much to offer for me to basically go to, to leave moronic, uh, idiot committee driven pieces of bullshit that are parading around as something authoritative when they basically can't can't get their head out of their ass organizationally because they're scared of this or they have some agenda or this and that the other it's like screw them and they can eat shit not that i particularly have an opinion or a viewpoint about it but you know it's just an idea And it, uh, that's a tough thing, though, for a, a tough approach for a lot of small business owners. And, and, and I agree with you, but because most of the people out there, again, it, it's not even taking sides on this left or right. It's, it's just a bunch of bullies out there trying to get you to do what they want you to do. And, and they have an ability to make your life difficult. Right. Um, but the, the whole concept of cancel culture, I think, for most small business owners is blown out of proportion because if you have a product or a service and it is good and there is nothing that's like obviously um, re- like uh, actually offensive about something that you said, you know, like if you're out there supporting the clan, that's one thing. But if you right. said something that somebody got offended by because they didn't like the color that you used on whatever, it's a whole other thing. So, and I don't think that people really need to worry about getting canceled for that. I think the people who need to worry about it are the people who are out there who, who are their brand. Because if they're not selling a product or a service, if they don't have something to sell, they're selling themselves. That's where like the cancel culture really comes in. Because if, if, I, if, well, I, not, not, I mean, I, I mean, I think theoretically what you're saying is true, but, but, let, but let's, let's take, let's take a perfect example. Okay. Let's take, so, so we've got, we've got mypillow.com. Retailers no longer carry MyPillow.com because he uh, supported Trump. Yeah. Oh, really? Really? So they don't they don't like they don't like the political they don't like his political leanings. So now they don't care. But he's continuing to like freaking promote, and he's a he's a hustler. He's an entrepreneur, and he's just like advertising and doubling down and doing all this kind of stuff. But for example, literally, that was like what what was he guilty of? Oh, he he supported a political political party. Or a political leader that they that these particular companies did not agree with. Really, that's it. That's your whole deal. So the thing is, is like you know, to me, growing up in New York, if it was not obvious, that's right. That's what happened. So the thing is, is <laughs> so growing up in Brooklyn, being born in Brooklyn, raised in Queens. So you take, so you go, you go. There were bullies, and there were, uh, you know, and we mixed it. Lived in a very mixed neighborhood, and you know, and I and I had friends. I had black friends, white friends, I mean, da, 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 the whole thing. But there were some that were bullies. There were some that were cool. Now, it's my choice. Do I go down a particular area of my neighborhood where I know bullies are hanging out? Do I subject myself to that? Or do I go, wait a second, that's where bullies are hanging out. Now, if I'm going to go down that, I'm either going to walk down there with five of my friends so we can kick their ass bigger and badder if, that, if it came to that. Or am I going to go, is there another avenue to get to where I want to go to so as to not cause an unnecessary provocation? So it's just a matter to, it's just a matter of deliberateness. It's not a matter of avoidance. It's a matter of deliberateness. And that, that's, that's the only thing that, that I want to just add to that. Yeah, that's a good point. But sometimes the fight comes to you. 
And it's it, true. And there's no it's way true. around it. And I mean, but but again, even like like with my pillow or let's say Chick Fil A, there was a big big thing years ago with Chick Fil A trying to cancel Chick Fil A. But one yeah. thing we can all agree on: Chick Fil A sandwiches are delicious. So right. politi- right. politics aside, they're still in business because <laughs> they sell a delicious meal. They have great service. That's yeah. Right. Yeah, that is that is absolutely true. So um let's let's go back a little bit to um specifically about branding and let's talk about the importance of differentiating yourself. And how yes. do, how do you how do you guide people through that or what are some key points that you can give our listeners on why they need to differentiate themselves and how they can figure out what that is? Okay, cool. So here's the deal. So as far as as far as differentiation, so uh, I, I'm presuming that 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 all of our listeners or the majority of our listeners are are entrepreneurs of one sort or another. Yes, I would say the majority of them. Yes. Okay, cool. So the thing is, is that for for those of us in business, we know this to be true. There's a lot of noise in the world, in any industry. If you're a coach, if you are a, a food a food company of one sort or another, if you're selling sports gear. If you're a retailer, if you're B2B, B2C, um, whatever, there's no shortage. Evidence is this. Type in anything you want in Google, and let's see how many results. Is it going to be 1.5 million results in 2.1 seconds? Is it going to be you know 275,000 results in 1.87 seconds, etc.? You get the idea. There's no shortage of noise. Okay. So you need to understand that to understand why differentiation does what it does. Differentiation means what? Not the same as. If you sound the same as, if you are, yeah, but we're more honest and we're more this and we're we're made in the USA and we've been doing this for 25 years and we're family owned and we're your best local blah blahs and we're um, and we're and, and, and we're, we're, we're female owned, we're minority owned, we're majority owned, we're, we're, we're whatever owned, et cetera, et cetera. It, it, it all, everybody and their mother is using we, a lot of the same promises. And every industry has a lot of baggage. A perfect example of baggage is this. If I were to say to you, hi, I'm a lawyer. What did I just say? I just said three words. Do I have to say anything more for you to already know? Huh, probably not the most fun guy. Oh, if I'm going to go out to drinks after work, I'm probably not going to want to hang out with him. Oh, by the way, I don't, don't want to go out to, to eat with him because probably he's going to make me pick up the tab. Or, or if I ask him for any advice, he's going to charge me for every 15 minutes. If, or if something can be said short, it's going to be he's going to do it. If it can be said in two sentences, he'll say it, it'll do it in five pages. Or if he's going to tell a joke, it will not be funny. And so, you know, you know all those things by the fact that I said, what, three words. I'm a lawyer. Why? Because of the baggage that comes with that industry. Every industry has baggage. We are prone to putting stuff in boxes. Oh, you're a coach. Let's say uh, every coach I've known has been an, a, a business coach, right? Your business coach. Oh, every business coach I've known has been a swindler, has been an asshole, has overpromised, underdelivered. Oh, they <laughs> charge too much. Blah, 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 blah. Right? Okay. Da, 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 da. Right? It's like, boom, I put you in a box. And all you said was three, four words. So the point is the importance of differentiation is it, uh, it separates us out from that sea of sameness, those boxes of junk that we've been thrown in like a, like a little, like a little, you know, cameo appearance in toy story, where we're thrown in the box of all the other toys. Right. And we can't tell the difference between Woody and, and like, you know, and, and what's his name, infinity and beyond, you know, buzz Lightyear. So, you know, so they're all the, all the same, all the same, all the same, even though they're different. So the la- the worst thing that can happen to any business today is that you can actually be different providing something superior and better, but yet, be seen as the same as some another company that's inferior, that's competing on price and doing all those things. That's yeah. why you have to differentiate. Because if you fail to differentiate, you're going to be thrown into that same box of sameness. And, we, and you shouldn't be differentiating on. Uh, actually, this this is a question. So, should you differentiate on price and services? No, it's something else, right? Well, those are two different. Let, let me let me let me. I'm gonna tell you something shocking 
There is no differentiating on price. That just means it's a race to the bottom because anybody can always can always like underprice you, right? Oh, they're doing it for they're doing it for ten thousand. We'll do it for ninety ninety nine fifty. Oh, ninety nine fifty. We'll do it for $9,500. Do you know? And here's the flaw with with pricing as a differentiator. Do you know that, that there's not a single customer on planet Earth that's loyal to, to Walmart? Yep. I want to let you let that sink in for a second. Do you know that there's not a single customer on planet Earth of all the millions of customers that they have on planet Earth that's actually loyal to Walmart? Do you know what they're loyal to? The price. They're loyal to the cheap price. Yeah. You get it? Yeah. So the thing is, is I mean, liter- literally, literally, what we're dealing with is we're dealing with the factor that that these people are if, if someone came in and said oh you got that at walmart for for 59 cents you could have gotten it over here for 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 52 ah oh, geez geez i wish i knew that bang <laughs> so there's no loyalty to walmart that's that's first point okay. other point features and benefits all that kind of stuff that's that's always going to be a chick that's you gotta you've got to know what you stand for you know the two the, the two most known brands in the world are based on human values and not based on actually like features nor price apple that's and nike amazon and nike and apple nike and apple okay nike does it say better synthetic rubber better material no it says just do it that's based on values apple when steve jobs came back did he like a better operating system, cooler thing, cooler design? Hey, we're not beige. We're da 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 da. No, just knows. Think different. It was based on human values, things that we can connect with, that were timeless. It was a, it was an umbrella under which you actually can have an ecosystem of things that you offer and bring to the world. We know our role in the world. That's the thing that's vitally, vitally important to know. So features. Sure, of course we're going to all have features, and it's going to, but those need to align to something. What what are they aligning to, or are they just standalone features? Oh well, well we've got we've got buttons that light up blue, and we've got we've got uh, and our, our things feel cool. And da, 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 da. these are all, you know, don't confuse features with your brand. Do not confuse price with your brand. Differentiators are things. The, the opposite. Let me to understand differentiators. You got to know the. The enemy and the opposite of differentiators. The opposite of differentiators are cliches. Mm. Boring, predictable, same as, heard it a thousand times before, cliches, right? State of the art, next gen, uh, made in the USA, uh, uh, grass, grass fed, non GMO, blah, 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 da, 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 whatever the hell. You know what I mean? It's like all the, the same crap. Um, they're cliches. They aren't differentiators. A cliche will not differentiate. Differentiator raises the value in the eyes of the person. And they go, oh, I mean, that's why, I mean, look, you got the, your, your folks don't have it. And you may have to figure out a way to give them a visual. But like you, you were there when I gave out my coin. And it says what? Slayer of the mundane, mm-hmm. right? It says different is better than better. My, you know, the coin that you had gotten. And, um, and so the thing is, is that it's like, you know, I, I listen to people. It's like Slayer of the Mundane. People people go, holy shit, he is the Slayer of the Mundane. He's he's on fire. He's you know he doesn't he doesn't hold back. He he rips bullshit to shreds, and and in its wake, there's actually clarity, and there's there's no there's no filler. There's no fluff, and and people appreciate that because to me that's the greatest respect that I can give another person, is by giving them the benefit of the doubt that they can handle the truth. Yeah. We're, I feel like there are more people who can't handle the truth than can. So that's, that's probably somewhat problematic at times, right? Well, it can be, but the bottom line is, is if they can't handle the truth, either they need to rise up to being able to handle the truth and look, and there's ways to do it. I mean, don't get me wrong. It doesn't just mean just coming out of the, coming out of the gate. um, Just like, um, like a wild stallion, but I mean, like uh, someone had asked me the other day, it's like, well, you know, I, I, I find that I present, I present ideas to people. I'm very forthright in my thinking and I present ideas to people and it just, and we just butt heads. And I said, well, there is an approach. There's an art to having a conversation. Like if I know that I'm going to present something to someone, a client, 
And I know that they are probably going to be resistant to it because they have an idea or two that I've already observed because I've been paying attention. I haven't been going on autopilot. So what do I do? I say, look, you know, let's say their name is John. I go, so look, John, I understand that you've been doing this a certain way for so many years. Yes, 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 we have, David. Good. How has that been for you? Has that been producing the kind of results that you've wanted? Oh, yes, it's always been fantastic. Da, 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 da. Let's say they said that way. I said, well, okay. I said, I understand that. And I think that's very, very good. There is one vulnerability, though, that I see. And would you be open to hearing what I have to say about that? Now, it, it may, and it may, it may challenge what you've, what you've held sacred for, the, for a period of time. But I think it's a worthwhile conversation to have. And he'd go, well, okay, let's hear it. You see, I presented something that could be, that could challenge something, but I've done it in a manner that was respectful. And I've done it in a manner that acknowledges what could be a potential uh, sensitive area. And that's, that's, that sometimes is the appropriate way to approach it. Other times I may say, here's the deal. I know that you love this, but I'm, I got to tell you, that's the best, the butt ugliest, stupidest thing I've ever seen. And, and if I didn't respect you, I wouldn't be this honest with you. Uh, that's another way of uh, practically the same conversation, just a different way that I'm going after it, depending on who's in front of me, because I'm paying attention to my audience, my person I'm having a conversation with. So I, it's just, it's just being aware. I don't treat all people in the same manner. I look at what they will be able to tolerate and happily own um and so there does that answer your question it does yeah it definitely does well so we're we're starting to run out of time here um, <laughs> i told you we were gonna run long yeah because, no that that's fine and I'm, um, I'm glad i'm glad if you, if you got more questions i'm here man well we I'm do here. we do have a ton of questions but we'd have to you know we try to keep this to a certain amount of time so um we're yeah, going- but that, but that, but 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 hold on, hold on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take, a, I'm gonna take a vote for those that are listening right now. I'd like you to raise <laughs> your hand. Would you like to hear? Uh, would you like to hear a few more questions? And understanding that may result in us running a little bit longer. Those listening, would you please raise your hands? Wow. Hey, Corey. Everyone, everyone listening, raise their hands. I think we're good to go, dude. <laughs> All right, perfect. Well, David says we're good to go, so we're, we're good gonna, to we're, go. We're good to go. Um, I wanna, I wanna go back to the cliche part. I'm so glad you brought that up, um, because you have been quoted as saying, and this is a direct quote: "There's a law. If you're using cliches in your branding, you're promoting your category." not your brand 100 yeah and i i think that's so important right because then all you're doing is letting people know you're in a category where there's a whole lot of options so you're not really doing anything specifically for yourself you're doing something for everybody well that's well it goes back to that example where i said i'm a lawyer does that if i say hey i'm, I'm a lawyer i i just promoted myself man i'm a lawyer i just promoted myself no you didn't you just told me you're a lawyer and you just reminded me of the industry. You just reminded me of the category. Will I remember you in 10 minutes? Who, who, who and what you are? Hell no. All I know is you're a lawyer. And, all, and the other thing is you just reminded me of something that I hate, which is lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, so the thing is, is like, so, so the thing is, I mean, literally, if what, if you are using cliche, it's like, it's like we have delicious food. Does that separate your restaurant from anyone else? No, it reminds me that you're a restaurant and that you make food. It doesn't give me a compelling reason to come to your restaurant and order your food or take anything out for delivery. But what about, what about, it's like, hey, we, we have cheap, we have cheap drinks. We have ladies night on blah, 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 blah. Does that remind me? No, that reminds me that you have ladies night. And it's like, and if I'm a single guy, I probably want to like snuggle up to a few of them and maybe, you know, hey, hey, hey. It's it's definitely one of those things in the restaurant industry, which I'm very familiar with. But in general, with business, is the the tangible things that you sell are easy to copy. It's those intangibles are the things that that are hard to copy and that are you. And that's one of the things when it came to in in restaurants in general. It's you can anybody can steal a menu item. You know, you don't have a, a patent on hamburgers or tacos or whatever it is. So it's, it, how do you make that experience better? How do you 
like what like through training, through your people, through your culture, through just the but, atmosphere. But let me but let me let me give you a perfect example that everybody will know. Toys R Us. Toys R Us. What did they do? They went down the road of being a cliche. Toys R Us, in terms of brand equity, was known as like the place to go if you were looking for toys. It had that equity. But it lost the equity because you had places like Amazon, which had the convenience of like, why the hell should I get drive to this place? Because they're not doing anything more special for me. Now, so let's let's ask this. So they were stupid. And they went down the road of being a cliche. Those those lazy idiots. <laughs> Why didn't they turn Toys R Us into the most amazing place for kids to play with toys, take photographs, trying out these toys, publishing them on social media, and it being like the freaking wonderland of amazingness that, oh, my God, look at the fun they're having. And then all the millions of kids that are seeing this going, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then it's showing up on TikTok and then it's showing up on Instagram and it's showing up on here and there and everywhere. And everyone's going, that looks like the most amazing place. And I'm going to go there. And that's incredible. Wow. And configure their stores around that experience. Why didn't they do that? Why doesn't Best Buy also stupid store best buy management idiots i'm sorry you guys get your heads out of your ass i'm sorry i do not respect you i am a customer or i have been a customer of yours and you are you are leaving so much money on the table how come you are do the same stupid shit year after year you have tv after tv after tv after tv after tv or laptop after laptop after laptop after laptop or microwave 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 or freaking dishwasher 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 it's like, you know what? You're an assembly line of shit. That's all you have done as a store. How come you have not taken advantage and asked yourself this question? What can we do that Amazon cannot? Because you, by your actions, have turned yourself into a cliche. And your customer service generally sucks. So the thing is, is how come you haven't said, what can we do that cannot be replicated at the level of Amazon? Oh, maybe we can have experiential rooms. Maybe we can have cooking classes. Did you know that you could do this with a microwave? Did you ever realize you could create the most amazing blah, 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 blah in the microwave or this air fryer? Or by the way, here's stuff that you can do with a TV setup that's never been done before. Or here's the most amazing gaming setup that you, unless you're actually in here sitting down in this amazing chair, which you can also buy as part of a package, you can see it and experience it and your mind will be blown. And you can wear these incredible headphones that are noise canceling and this and that and have 14 monitors and all kinds of shit. And the mouse that's like from like, you know, Mars, etc. blah, 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 blah. And take me into an experiential wonderland. How come Best Buy, you haven't turned it into a, a freaking experiential wonderland instead you've gone down cliche road that's something that uh, i mean it's a great point and and i think ikea and i couldn't i'm just speaking based i've never been to one of their stores but from what i understand it's an experience you can buy that it, cheap ikea furniture. is an experience ikea does a really good job and they do a great job in terms of in terms of the factor of discovery here's the one thing and 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 julie i'm presuming you've gotten to this point in the book the, the, where I talk about knowns and unknowns and the fact that knowns are things that you know about and expect and discovery is the factor of their unknown and unexpected. And the thing is, is that the best Ikea is a great balance of that, but also is Whole Foods. Whole Foods is a great example. Why is it that I can go to Whole Foods? And yes, there's going to, there's going to be fresh produce and there's going to be, you know, fresh meats and fresh fish and fresh this and fresh that and da, 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 da. But yet at the end of every aisle, I have a little weird something, whether it's a, a unique salsa, you know, made by little, little, uh, little, little, little midget people, you know, in some exotic <laughs> island, you know, and, and, and then they make little, and then they make little chips in the little mini ovens. And then they like, and then they, then they export them on little mini trucks that are like, that have wings that fly across the ocean and bring them and land on our country. But the thing is, is you get the idea, like I discover shit every time. So it has, so it has what I expect. But it has discovery. So the thing is, is discovery is part of a brand. It's like you're telling me if if if, if something is always predictable that it's good that it's like what makes a live concert so great because you have the surprise guest that comes up. It's like wait a second, we've got Paul McCartney in the audience and he's going to come up and he's going to play blah 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 or but, 
surprise, elements, elements of surprise and, and wow me, take me someplace I didn't expect it. Mm-hmm. Cliches take us where we've already been we've, and we're no longer excited about. And everybody else has jumped on that same bandwagon. Everyone's promising, promising the same shit, trying to get the same slice of pie that everybody's already eaten from. Why? One of the um, favorite examples, my favorite examples that you gave when you and I were having a conversation was actually when we talked about how Reed Hastings and Mark Randolph, who are the founders of Netflix, really differentiated themselves and how they really were very flexible and pliable as they were building that business versus, do you remember who their biggest, we all know who their biggest competitor was when they started, right? Blockbuster. Blockbuster. Yeah. And Blockbuster just couldn't, they couldn't turn that ship. No. No, blockbuster, blockbuster. Well, blockbuster. Well, that's a that's a it's a, it's a cousin of all of this. But the bottom the bottom line is, is you as an entrepreneur, you cannot be married to the wrong solution. The wrong solution is your solution. What you need to be married to is the problem of your uh, that you the problem. And, and and understand this. This is if you get nothing else out of this whole conversation, understand this. This will change your 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 future. A problem is synonymous with a challenge, which is synonymous with an aspiration. you got to get that. Problem is synonymous with a challenge and an aspiration. I would not have a problem if I, if, if I wasn't aware of the gap between someplace I, that I want to be, do, or have something and where I am. Right? I'd, be, I'd be complacent. I'd be happy. So... I'm, re- I'm aware of this gap. That gap is a problem. It's a challenge, but it's also an aspiration. I want to be there. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a problem. If I didn't give a shit, it wouldn't be a problem. I give a shit. I care. It's bugging me. So I want to close the gap. So the thing is, that, so the thing with all of this is don't be married to the wrong thing. Blockbuster was married to, hey, brick and mortar. That's what we're doing. Who? The, the, but but Netflix was married to the right thing, the problem, the challenge, and the aspiration of their audience. Their audience was, we want entertainment. Netflix's first solution to provide that entertainment was DVD by mail. But then they saw, wait a second, things are changing. And so they were married to the right thing, which was the, ch- the problem, the challenge, the aspiration of their audience. And that was they want entertainment. Well, wait a second. Now all of a sudden it's going into digital distribution. Okay. So they pivoted because they were married to the right thing. Then it was like, oh, wait a second. Now it's digital streaming. Boom. They pivoted again. But it was all transparent because they were married to the right thing. But then it even became, wait a second. Do we want to just keep distributing stuff? What if we actually not only distributed stuff, but actually produced shit? They produced more original TV programming than any other company on the planet, including Disney. It's crazy. And I, f- I feel like in the story of Netflix, one of the owners pitched the idea to Blockbuster and they turned him down. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I think, I think that, I think that probably was, probably was the, the great grandson of the, of the, of the guy from DECA who rejected the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. All right. Now we really do have to wrap. We cannot take another vote from the audience. Um, so, um, David, thank you so much for joining us today. I am going to tell all of our listeners, if you want to invest in your company and you want to invest in your brand, then pick up Brand Intervention. It's David's book. It is available on Amazon. I recommend highly the hardcover. And um, the forward forward was written by Damon John. How do you know Damon? Damon and I got to know one another when I, I had... I was, my wife and I were big fans of Shark Tank um, when it first came out. And so the first couple of years we were like, that, that was like our guilty pleasure. And we would love it. Like every, like every week we'd like, we'd watch the, watch the episode, watch the episode. We'd love, love the thing. So I, I was, <clears throat> I was writing for Fast Company. I had a column with Fast Company and I was like, you know, I want to write an article on the four traits that I, the, the traits wasn't, the, I didn't even have a number at the time. I was like, what are the traits of those that actually really own the room that actually come up, come away with a successful deal. They, 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 they get through the room unscathed successfully. So I wrote down an article and, and so I, I wrote, wrote it, published it. 
And within two days, Damon, who I didn't know at the time, sent out a tweet. And the tweet basically said, this is the best article written ever written on Shark Tank, period. Wow. And I was like, holy shit. I was like, <laughs> that's pretty awesome. So, of course, I'm like, thanks, dude. Anyway, and, and he, he, he was responding in real time. And we were going back and forth. That's how we got to know one another. And, uh, and in fact, by the way, did you see, I, I, I have to ask, did you see on my Instagram that, that Damon was, was holding, did you see the, the picture? He I was did holding? see that. Yes. <laughs> he did that on father's day, right? He, he sent me the picture on father's day. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Well, um, David, tell our guests how they can tell our listeners how they can find you. Totally. Well, you can, well, you can certainly, you can go to my website, which is risingabovethenoise.com, R-I-S-I-N-G, risingabovethenoise.com. You can go there. You can subscribe to, to, the, to the blog as well as you can download a free ebook. And you can certainly reach out on me to on LinkedIn, YouTube, Instagram. Um, but, you know, if you're kind of like, oh, I have a question, but I'm shy. Bullshit. Okay. Shyness is bullshit. Get over it. It's like <laughs> if, if you have a question, trust me. It's like, you know, and look, if what you're asking is bullshit, if you're, if you're, if you end up going like, like overextending and like asking me for like free consultation, all that kind of shit, I'll say, then I will say, they'll really say bullshit. But, but the bottom line is, but if you have like, hey, you know, I've been wondering, da, 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 I'll give you, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I will reply to things that are legitimate, you know, honest questions that you, that you have. And, but certainly reach out and follow my stuff. I, I produce a ton of free content all the time. And it's, it's always there for you to get value of and grow with. And so for sure, reach out to me. And if you think, oh, I don't want to bother him, bullshit, bother me. <laughs> and you do have a lot of great content on your website. I was, I've been checking it out over the past several days. So good stuff on there. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in. As always, we appreciate you. And you can find out everything about David in our show notes. And if you want to work with us, go ahead and um, connect with us on our website and schedule a free call. We're amazing to work with. And don't forget to connect with us on our social media. We are on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and we have a YouTube channel. And if you missed anything, check out everything that we just said will be on. It's on our website, sbpace.com. Yep, and subscribe to our podcast. Um, please subscribe to our podcast. Like us, give us a review. We really enjoy feedback, especially when people tell us how we can get better. And you can reach out to us about any topics you're interested in hearing in, or if you want us to bring back guests like David, let us know because we are arm twisters and can get people to come back on the show. Don't forget to buy our book. It's a number one bestseller on Amazon. It's called Seriously, Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. We've got a digital workbook download available on our website. And if you've already purchased it, don't forget to like it and give us a review. We'd love to hear what you thought about it. I'm Julie. And I'm Corey. And this was BizQuick, helping small businesses across America. <laughs>